Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. Continuing our holiday theme, we will be talking about the film Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, starring Forrest Whitaker, Madeline Mills, and Keegan-Michael Key. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello! Merry Christmas! Yes, Merry Christmas! I think the last time we did the Christmas theme together, we did Elf, which was so much fun. Oh, yeah! Oh, that was so fun. So this Victorian Christmas musical follows Geronicus, played by Forrest Whitaker, a brilliant inventor who is betrayed by one of his workers who steals his book of inventions and calls them his own. Geronicus is devastated and becomes a recluse and distant father and husband, soon forgotten by the public. Many years later, when his granddaughter Journey, played by Madeline Mills, stays with him, does he feel inspired to invent again and realize what's important in life, especially during the Christmas season? So, Christina, what do we think of David E. Talbert's Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey? I really like this movie. I don't think... I don't think it's a perfect movie, and I know we'll talk about, like, some of its flaws later, I'm sure. Um, But I really like it overall. I just think it is fun and nice, and it's so pretty to look at, and the music is really fun, and yeah, it just makes me smile. (laughs) I love this, like, old Victorian theme that it has going, kind of remind me of the Nutcracker, and the costumes, and just, like, everything is eye candy. Everything's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. It kind of reminds me, actually, no, it reminds me a lot of The Greatest Showman, but I kind of like it more than The Greatest Showman. Um, But I feel like, like, aesthetically and in terms of, like, general musical movie vibe, I feel like it's, like, very Greatest Showman. Yes, especially with the costumes and Deronicus, kind of like Hugh Jackman a little bit. Oh, yeah. Just the way... (laughs) the characters all vibe together i totally get the greatest showman also another movie i completely forgot existed i saw it like (laughs) twice in the theater and then never watched it again (laughs) yeah i was like when was the last time i ever watched greatest showman all the way through it was probably like when it first came out like on dvd or whatever and then never again (laughs) and i used to listen to the soundtrack too and then i just forgot about it (laughs) same (laughs) um but the one thing I did have with this movie that I had a bit of a problem with, I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is two hours. I did find it a bit long. Maybe if I yeah. was like a little bit younger watching this, it would have been fine. But at times I did find it like not drag on because it had to get through um, like a lot of content and there was a lot of characters and and growth to occur. But at times I just was like, okay, this song is much longer than I hoped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, I don't know if you felt this way, but for me, I found that, like, the first hour was a little slow. Like, the first 40 minutes, especially. Like, the first 40 minutes were a little slow. And I remember, like, looking at my watch during the first 40 minutes and being like, oh, okay, we still got... uh, We still got quite a bit of movie left. But once we entered the second hour, then, like, it went by really quickly and I was, like, in it and I was invested. It was just, like, the first half was a little little draggy. I found the first half after... um, the apprentice takes his inventions. That was fine. And then there was a bit of a lag with um, learning about Journey and like her home life a little bit. And yeah. just like the male lady and things. And I was like, wait, what is this movie about? And who is grandma? <laughs> like for a moment, I thought the grandma at the beginning was Journey's mother. And then I realized that it was Journey. 
But I oh, really, yeah, yeah, I really liked the beginning um, with the little girl and boy uh, looking at the fire and her seeing like things that reminded me of Narnia, things coming out yeah. of the fire, and yeah, same. and then the g- grandma like talking to them by the tree. I thought that was really magical, and I wish that they sometimes would go back to them throughout the movie, just like they do in The Princess Bride. Um, yes. But we only see them in two scenes, and I was hoping to see them more because I love their costumes too. Yeah, no, their their costumes are really good, and I love that. Like, I love that Journey's sort of like defining like style feature was how she had like the little gears in her hair. Like, I thought that was yes. so cute. I wonder how they came up with that. Like, I was—is this a book, or I should have known this before I? But, it, or is it just created, because I know David E. Talbert wrote the screenplay, um, but I didn't know if it had been, like, a book before. I don't or just think Netflix. so. I think I'd have to, I, I will also have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that this is an original story. Okay, it was really well I'm, done. Like, Good job, confident. Netflix. <laughs> Good job, Netflix. You did it. Um, there aren't really any Christmas musicals, so that's yeah, a true. first. <laughs> All I can think of is, like, the Santa Claus is coming to town, like, the stop-motion animation. There's some songs, but there isn't really a whole, yeah, musical revolving around Christmas. And I'm surprised that, well, maybe White Christmas. I've never seen that, so I shouldn't say this. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I really, I find that it definitely got better once Journey arrived at, um... Geronicus's house that's when things started yeah. getting like oh, moving yeah. and because I was a bit confused about his relationship with his daughter I know they were estranged but like did they never speak <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah I well and I know that this is I I have to mention it because this is Hannah's like number one complaint about this movie and I do kind of agree with it is like I I love the music in this movie overall. Like, I love listening to the soundtrack, and I think I like most of the songs. Um, There's way too many songs in the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie. There's, like, like, so There's so many. There's so many musical numbers, like, jammed into the first, like, 45 minutes. And then, like, the second half of the movie has way fewer musical numbers. I feel like we really needed to, like, evenly distribute these better because I love Journey. I think she's a great character. We did not need... Two songs about Journey within like fifteen minutes of no. each other. That like we didn't need it. No, <laughs> I one love, song should have been way later. <laughs> I love the square root of possibilities. That was probably my favorite song in the movie. But then we didn't need to have another one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like they're great songs. They just should not have been like right after the other. It was. It's a little. It's a little bizarre. I did yeah. not care enough about Journey. 30 minutes into the movie to need two solo songs. Well, it's funny because even at the beginning when she's at home, she says how she doesn't fit in and through a song when she's, you know, measuring something or doing math or science, I don't know. And she's like singing a song of how she doesn't fit in. And I'm just like, can we see how she doesn't fit in? Like, can I see an example of like children being mean to her before she just goes right away and gets the letter and goes to see Geronicus I think it would have been interesting to see how she was peculiar and unique because everyone in this movie is peculiar and unique so it doesn't really seem like she's standing out well yeah that's like 
That was the other thing is, yeah, like, she's supposedly, like, such an outcast from other children, but the only child we ever see her interact with is one who is exactly like her and like, becomes her best friend. Yeah, the, another I'm nerd. not saying I want her to get bullied. I'm just saying you can't say that she's an outcast and never show her be an outcast. <laughs> I also didn't always remember that this was around Christmas time. Like, there's a tree in the the flashback, obviously, or not the flashback, um, when the grandma's telling the story. But other than that, it just kind of takes place around Christmas time. Yeah, this and even like the music, like none of the music is inherently like Christmas music. Yeah. What was your favorite song in the movie? Oh man. Um Man, it's really, I think that my top two, because I can't just pick one, are I love, I love Make It Work. I think that's the best, like, number to watch in the movie easily, yeah. is Make It Work, when Anika Nani Rose, aka the mom, um, arrives and, like, does her riff, and it's so good. I love that. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite part of the movie. Every time that number comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, it's the my other critique of this movie is that it, it is criminal that they cast Anika Nani Rose and only let her sing in one song. <laughs> yeah, Extremely <I> rude. <laughs> I know. They're all, they're, they're all very talented. I mean, the dancing in this is really, really well done. Similarly the to The Greatest The dancing are so cool. <laughs> yeah. And I love how... They're all in these amazing costumes that are, you know, kind of like from the Victorian age, but they also have these modern looks. Like, Journey doesn't look like she's a little girl in the Victorian era. She looks like she's modern through her dresses. And it's yeah. really cool how, you know, they're spacious, but also have, like, some pattern on it that's modern day. And she almost had, like, sometimes that looked like she had elf ears to me. Like, I think that's just yeah. how... But, like, there's something about her that was very appealing. And I think they casted um, Madeline Mills uh, correctly for that role. And also, we should oh, yeah. say that um, the entire cast was almost all people of color, which is so good. I'm so proud that Netflix did that. I can't believe we don't yeah. have more movies and musicals like that. Um, the only, like, white guy in it was Hugh Bonneville, who I love from yeah. Downton Abbey, but he had, like, the weirdest, like, sideburn cho chops on his face. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, I, and I know, I think that most, if not all of the creative team um, was also, uh, was also, like, black people and people of color, because I know that that was, like, very intentional for like the movie they were trying to make so yeah it was it was very cool and I mean like yeah it was just so cool and it was so well cast and yeah my other favorite song not to like backtrack but my other yeah. favorite song was Magic Man G because oh my god I love Keegan-Michael Key so much I have never seen him play an <laughs> evil character before good for Same. him he's always playing nice guys <laughs> I didn't expect him to be the antagonist and The Apprentice. I was like, well, who is Keegan-Michael Key in this? And why isn't he in it? Because it took so long for us to finally get to him. And when he did, it was so good. But he, I wish he was in it a bit more. Me too. He also He's gave so me, good. like, and his factory uh, Wizard of Oz vibes. Yes. Like, it all looked like Oz with the green and then the factory. And he's an awful person. I mean, he stole Geronicus's, uh, Geronicus's um, inventions and ideas. 
and I just didn't think he really looked like the apprentice boy at the beginning, but that's fine. No, like not at all. (laughs) And then he had his little sidekick invention toy that Jeronicus made who played, who was played by Ricky Martin. Yeah, okay, not gonna lie, I hated the little Ricky Martin toy so much. I didn't like it either. Anytime he was on screen, I was like, this is the worst part of the movie. Shut He's up. Always like, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of, you know, Toy Story 4, the toy that Keanu Reeves plays? Duke Kaboom! Yes, he kind of reminded me of him, but like way more annoying because he kept like sticking his butt out and stuff. I was going to say, at least uh, he reminded me of Duke Kaboom. The difference was, though, I liked Duke Kaboom and yeah. I hated Ricky Martin toy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I wish Keegan-Michael Key was in it more because he is such a great voice, as we have stated on this show multiple times. And also, I'm... Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, continue. I was just gonna say, I'm sorry if I'm, like, stealing this fun fact from you that you had planned for later, but the thing that I love for Keegan-Michael Key is Jingle Jangle came out on Netflix a week before The Prom came out on Netflix, so I was just getting, like, a double dose of wow. Keegan Michael Key musicals, like it was great. I was in isolation, and I was just like, "Yeah, give me another one." <laughs> I know he's he's doing really well for himself right now. Um, it looked like they filmed it around June 2019. Um, if we want to know where Keegan Michael Key was filming this stuff, <laughs> and they filmed it in England, uh, in Norwich. Oh, oh cool! The, yeah, Norfolk, England. And um, the prom was filmed, if it will load, um, I think he was on the prom, like, uh, cast a little bit later than the others, but I'm just looking yeah. here. Uh, well, and I think that they also finished, I, I may be misremembering, but I thought that they finished filming the prom, like, after the pandemic oh, had already yeah. started. Oh, yeah, they started filming it, and then they continued during, oh, yeah, filming commenced it started December 11th, 2019, and continued until March 2020, and then resumed July 2020. Oh, they didn't, they didn't shut it down too long. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, he <laughs> did the prom after. He looked younger in the prom than, or maybe he looked <laughs> younger in like Schmigadoon and stuff than he did in Jingle Jangle, but maybe they True. made him look older. Again, he does not look like he's 50 years old, people. <laughs> He doesn't. He's a good-looking dude. Um, Yeah, I think that they had really good chemistry together, and I like when he was trying to brainwash Journey a little bit and, like, talk to her and ask her to to give him the invention, and I love that she put their name, Geronicus, over his papers so they can't arrest Geronicus for his own inventions. That was so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is so good. Best um, kid. <laughs> I really liked at parts, and they kind of stopped doing this near, like, I guess the middle of the film, but they had these really cool animation segues where it was, like, this cool stop-motion kind of animation, and then it just, like, stopped occurring and i was kind of sad yeah no the like stop motion animation like montages were really cool yeah i wish they had done them like throughout the whole film as well as you know bring back the grandma reading the story i think that would have been really 
good and they could have taken like you know or moved one song out of the way and like moved it later <laughs> on or something because i think that would have been nice to see that more or you know what you know whose song the only song that i feel like truly did not need to be in the movie is like ricky martin's little borrow and definitely <sighs> song i was I like we are padding the runtime right now folks <laughs> this song I did totally not need to exist get that oh my god i just was like when is this over i don't like him i don't know why they needed like why when they have villains do they always need like a ridiculous sidekick in every kids movie like literally every kids movie (laughs) there's always some stupid sidekick either a snake or a bat or in this case like a weird toy i why can't the villain work on their own yeah no, I really, I really wish that the villains didn't always need goofy sidekicks because, oh my god, Ricky Martin was annoying. <laughs> well, and like, he Keegan-Michael of... Key was a good villain. Like, he was a very good villain. I would have loved to just watch him on his own. He was good on his own, but didn't Ricky Martin's, like, toy, didn't he kind of convince him when he was, when um, Keegan-Michael Key's character was a kid, didn't he, meant like, kind of tell him to steal the invention book like wasn't he kind of evil well that's the problem is that like keegan michael key was never evil to begin with he was just being Mm. manipulated by ricky martin toy like he yeah yeah, like he wouldn't have been the villain without the toy which like i do like like i'm glad that he wasn't just evil from the beginning because i don't think that's as interesting but like man they really just made that toy so annoying (laughs) I don't know why he passed Ricky Martin in this. I don't either. Like, I was like, okay. All I know him from is, like, the Shrek song at the end of Shrek 2. But, like... <laughs> um, I think my favorite scene that I really enjoyed was probably the snowball fight because it's finally when Journey and her grandpa can connect together. Yeah. And it just reminded me of Buddy the Elf, too. Yeah. And, like, the, like, they've got the, like, hype little music underneath the snowball fight, and then they do their, like, fancy, like, mathematic snowball fight. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) I love that the snowball magically comes back like a boomerang, and she doesn't think that it's going to hit her, and then it does. And that the kids, like, (laughs) join in and, like, dance with uh, Geronicus, and then dance with um, Journey. I think that's so funny, with their little, like, Victorian outfits. (laughs) It's really, it's really cute. I... Man, I just love looking at this movie. <laughs> the costumes I know, it's are candy. so cool. <laughs> what did you think of the woman? She was like the um, postie that liked <laughs> Geronicus. Oh, I loved her. I like, I think that if they had used her like any more than they did, she might have gotten annoying. And she's still like a tiny bit annoying. Yeah. But I mostly love her. I think she's funny. I love her song at the beginning, Miles and Miles. Do I think it was a necessary song? No. Do I like it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes found her a bit annoying too, especially when she'd go like, mm-hmm. just kind of reminded me of, uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. What's that guy from SNL that's always like making those humming noises? Um, oh. oh man, the guy that's lo- like been there for years. Oh, I need to know now. Oh, uh, Keegan. No, wait. I was about to say Keegan Michael. I was going to say Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. Thank you. <laughs> he just kept, she kept giving me like Keenan Thompson vibes. 
you're right. <laughs> but you're yeah, correct. sometimes, like, she was a bit annoying, too, um, especially when she, like, kept carrying the mistletoe with her. It's just like, oh, my gosh, stop. <laughs> Ma'am, hop off, please. <laughs> and this he, man like, is depressed. <laughs> looks like a hobo. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Geronica's wife and Journey's, I guess, grandma, she passed away, right? Yeah. There's no explanation as to why. It's just, you know, the classic Victorian trope of life gets bad, wife dies, life gets worse. (laughs) Maybe cholera, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I guess then the girl, she, I didn't get that, like, did she raise herself? Again, that was never really explained. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess we're just supposed to believe that she, like, basically took care of herself until she was old enough to leave and then she did and And also we never get an explanation as sorry i this is like loosely related but we also never get an explanation as to what happened to journey's dad which like is fine but is also a little weird because they make such a big deal out of like journey's grandma having died and like you know the daughter reconnecting with like yeah. Forrest Whitaker dad and like the family connections and all this stuff and like I it was a little weird that they didn't even just like throw in one line about like I don't know Journey's dad being like dead or gone or something I was, yeah. I was just a little surprised that he just like wasn't around and we'd never talked about it well also did I totally agree with you but also did Journey's mom uh his daughter well like I know at the end they do like an invention they fix um, I keep wanting to say Wally because he looks like Wally. <laughs> he looks like Wally. Body 3000. <laughs> um, but did she, was she mathematically inclined too and super into inventions or did she rebel against that because she didn't have a good relationship with her father and that it just got passed down to the granddaughter? I didn't know about that. So they, if if memory serves, because... At, at the very, like, we know for sure that she was, like, really into inventing and stuff when she was a little kid, because at the beginning, he gives her, like, the goggles for Christmas, and she's, like, making the Ricky Martin toy with him, and she's all excited about it. So we know that, like, as a kid, she was into it, and I think that we're supposed to assume that, like, she is still into it as an adult, because she's, like, obviously very supportive of, like, Journey and all that she does. Um, she just, yeah. like, doesn't like pursue it as much i guess as journey like journey like is inventing stuff like every day like 24 7 and the mom like clearly is still into it and like knows how to do that stuff she just like doesn't do it as often probably because she's sad i guess is what we're going for (laughs) (laughs) too sad to invent and like the the poor granddaughter can only see her grandpa if a letter comes and then in the end she's the one that wrote the letter yeah, that was sad. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's really sad. But yeah, I really liked Buddy 3000. Um, it was so cute how he like helped the kids get through the tunnel, which was so stressful for me. Because the blade <laughs> reminded me of Finding Nemo when yes. he's trying to put the rock in the filter so the aquarium gets filthy. It just was like giving me, I was like, there is oh no way they got through. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. But now that you've said it, you're so right. That is it like the same. It terrified me. I was like, there's a fire coming from one end. I think I would go through the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> and I don't really know how the 
like grandpa helped get them out but i don't think he did well because he like doesn't he like figure he like yells at them some equation and he's like you have to be going this fast at this angle and they're like okay pops and the little boy is like this is a terrible idea and journey's like ah we'll probably be fine and then they do it buddy is like scratching the metal like trying to slow down yeah that's just frightening (laughs) i would not be able to handle that at like seven years old I'm glad that it was a Netflix movie and not one that was released in theaters because that would have traumatized me as a child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was on in theaters. Um, yeah, I really liked Buddy and I liked how strong Journey was. And I think we, we've mentioned a couple times on the show, especially when it, we did our fairy tale theme, um, how there are a lot of strong female characters, especially in movies that we grew up with, but then there was a lack in them for a little bit. But it seems like it's coming back again because I think we were trying to say before how it was either implied that they were strong or like or like when we were growing up with Anne Hathaway's characters and such, it wasn't like you didn't need to say that she was like a confident, strong woman. Yes, and then they all just of a sudden, it. yeah, they showed it, and then they made movies all of a sudden that were like her having to, or a person, a woman having to explain that she was this. So I hope that we're getting back because, like, Journey didn't ever have to say things like that. Obviously, she was yes. eleven; she wasn't like seventeen or whatever. But I hope we're getting back to that again. Yeah, well, she was just like allowed to show us that she was cool, like. Again, did we need two Journey solo songs within 15 minutes of each other? No, we didn't. But you know what? At the very least, it wasn't just a lot of empty words. Like, we actually got to see her be cool and, like, strong and independent. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't need, we didn't need somebody like the grandpa affirming it by saying, like, you are such a brilliant child. <laughs> and it was never like and the the other nice thing with journey was it was never like oh she is so brave for a girl like she is such a brave like strong empowered little girl like no she was just an awesome kid yeah like it wasn't like oh she is so cool for a girl like no she's just cool period full sentence yeah you don't need to like say her gender because she's just as cool as her friend as well who gets credited, um, I think he is, like, that's child labor. I think he's the new apprentice for the grandpa. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine, though, because he's uh, silly. (laughs) Did you know that John Legend produced this movie? Because I did not know that. I I totally forgot about that. I feel like I probably, like, heard about it when the movie first came out, and then it went in one ear and out the other until right now. (laughs) Um, Dang. Well, good job, John Legend. Yeah, good movie. I don't really listen to his music, but good job. I also don't, but, uh, you know, cool guy. Like his voice. Yeah. I also <laughs> wondered how the grandkids of Journey did not know that their family um, was related to, like, the Big J invention place, like, across from their house. <laughs> Standing yeah, for Yeah, that was the other part. Yeah, that was the other part that was a little weird was, like... I guess this whole story was supposed to be like, oh, like, now you kids are old enough that you need to hear this story and, like, find out about the family legacy. But it's like, you really, like, 
your son, like your grandson is like 12. He has no idea who his family is. Like you're just telling him now. Like he doesn't have any of the abilities that you had. And also did Journey end up doing anything? Like did she invent stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have liked to know that. Is there going to be a sequel? <laughs> is there going to be called um, Jingle Jangle A Journey? <laughs> journeys later's journeys later journey or something <laughs> journey to the mysterious christmas yeah. island <laughs> i want to know did she like just become a stay-at-home mom what happened <laughs> yeah no i'm very curious well and because again and like i'm like it's fine because obviously like journey and her mom were like the you know the direct descendants of uh of of geronicus like obviously they are going to be the focus and like they are the most important um but again journey's a grandma do we see who grandpa was no (laughs) (laughs) do we is there just like really bad luck that runs in the family of like none of the women are allowed to keep their husbands like what where's Where's the guy? Are we good? Also, who's, <laughs> is he dead? Who was Journey's <laughs> child? Did she have a son or a yeah. daughter? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we don't even get to see, like, we only get to see the grandkids, which is also interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah, it was just interesting. It is funny that in like a, these yeah. fairy tales, they always have to have, like, a loss of a parent, and, you know, it's always, like, some devastating, yeah, like, oh my god, can't <laughs> they just have both parents be alive? newsflash kids are still able to do great things in their life even with two living parents yeah exactly look at us surprise (laughs) yeah look at us we're so So great and both our parents are alive knock on wood oh god just like jinxed it during a pandemic (laughs) um i was gonna say too well and i mean like listen i am I will say I am very grateful that they didn't, like, put in some, like, BS twist at the end where it was, like, and Journey grew up and married the little boy. Yes. Whoa. Like, I'm glad that they didn't do that. I think that would have been unnecessary. Um, I just, yeah, I just think that it was, like, a little weird that both Journey and her mom were, like, women with children and grandchildren and we, like, never, ever find out anything about their partner. It is it is strange. I don't know why it's not even, like, mentioned, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's a tiny part. I really also wanted to talk about quickly, but all his cool inventions besides Buddy 3000. Yeah, they're cool. I loved... He's a cool guy. There was one, I don't remember how to describe it, but, like, it was a box that opened up, and it was kind of, like, the stage with, like, a diorama. It looked so beautiful. Yeah. I wanted to see more inventions. Oh, my God, me too. I love that opening number. That opening number was what really, like, drew me in um, and made it feel like The Greatest Showman. I think the opening number is awesome. Yeah, it definitely gave me... Yeah, that one was the, the big one, and also... Um, Keegan-Michael Key's song, which I've forgotten the title for, was also great, greatest showman vibes. Magic Man yes. G. <laughs> um, do you watch this movie every holiday now since seeing it last year? Is it going to be like your ritual Christmas tradition? Ooh, I, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest, but I, I would like it to be. I really liked it. And like you said, like, there aren't a ton... 
there aren't a ton of Christmas musicals. Um, like, obviously, I watch a lot of Christmas movies every year, and I listen to a lot of Christmas music. Um, and, I mean, like, technically, all of the Rankin and Bass, like, Christmas specials are musicals. But, I mean, you know, it's not the same. Like, I, <laughs> I, I did really like this movie. Um, and I've seen it, like, multiple times. I think like three times since it's come out because I yeah. showed it to my parents over the summer just because I liked it and <laughs> I wanted them to see it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know if it'll be like one that I like every single year, like make 100% sure that I have time to watch, mm-hmm. but I will definitely revisit it like a lot. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't have that total. I consider like a Christmas movie for me and it can't just take place during the holidays because there's a lot of movies like that. But in order for it to be like a classic Christmas movie staple that I watch every year, the characters in it, or one of the characters in it, has to, you know, be really negative at the beginning or be really sad. And then (laughs) by the end of the movie, Christmas has to bring them some hope. And then they've changed. And I think, you know, Geronicus kind of has this moment, but it's not really integrated around like the Christmas season. It's just because Journey's there. And I think in order to have a good Christmas movie, this is still, like, a great staple of just having someone go from sad and depressed or, um, like, negative or, like, bah humbug to, you know, loving Christmas. And I think that's a great way, um, just a great thing to have in Christmas movies. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, like, yeah, I agree. Like, this definitely wasn't, like, explicitly a Christmas movie in the same way that like Elf is Um, but you know I still like watching it around Christmas time and it's got like it's got very nice like good like feel good vibes Um, and I like listening to the soundtrack around Christmas even though the soundtrack like isn't Christmassy at all (laughs) yeah I know it's interesting because it's so much around Christmas, yet no one ever mentions the word Christmas except when the daughter's like, well, I guess we can stay for a few more days until Christmas. <laughs> and it's like, hey. But hey, they say The Sound of Music is a Christmas movie, so I don't know yeah, why. Which, like, I don't, un- I don't understand why they always play The Sound of Music around Christmas time. Love that movie. Yeah. Um, I-, I wouldn't really, yeah, I wouldn't quantify it as a Christmas movie. No, maybe it's because, like, I don't know, families brought together, even though that family is kind of screwed up, but, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this, there's, like, a few movies that I feel like I always, like, watch, like, in the week between Christmas and New Year's, as, like, these are not necessarily explicitly Christmas movies, but they have, like, winter feel-good vibes like I feel like Sound of Music and like Frozen and Happy Feet and like Jingle Jangle are all like movies to watch in the week between Christmas and New Year's yeah or like after winter time I always like like after Christmas I like to watch the Chronicles of Narnia the first one oh yeah and you know Rise of the Guardians which we still haven't done on here and I would love to do that because that's not totally Christmassy either even though there is a Santa Claus um but yeah, you're right. They're kind of the ones that. Whereas, like other movies, like my favorite, The Santa Claus, you have to watch during the Christmas season. Like it just doesn't work in February. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, exactly. the only other kind of related Christmas musicals I could think of that aren't just revolve around Christmas. Well, I guess White Christmas, 
for one. But again, I've never seen this movie. Have you seen that movie? I haven't, but my dad really wants us to watch it this year, so maybe this will be the Ooh, year. Maybe I should, like, watch it too, because I feel like it's a staple. I think they're showing it... I think they're... Oh, excuse me. I think they're showing it on CBC, like, at some point in the oh. next few days. I need to, like, check the TV guide, but I thought that that was one of the reasons why my dad wanted us to watch it this year, is I think they're showing it on CBC at some point in the next week. <laughs> maybe I can, like, record it and then not have to, like waste my money by renting something. yeah <laughs> um the other movie i was thinking is meet me in st louis which i don't know if you've seen no. but i don't always watch but i used to watch when i was a kid all the time because i was like obsessed with judy garland <laughs> but again like it really only has that one scene that everybody knows even if you haven't watched the movie where she's singing have yourself a merry little christmas in that amazing red dress but that's the only Christmassy scene the rest of the movie takes place in like different seasons in St. Louis. Like, <laughs> there isn't... Or St. Louis. I don't know. I guess it's called St. Louis. Um, I'm sorry, American people <laughs> listening. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce your cities, but um, I love that musical as well. But again, there's no Christmassy songs except Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which was written for that movie, which is insane Whoa, to think I didn't now know that, that there's so many covers. Yeah, she was the first one to sing. Whoa. Like the she it was written for her. Whoa, that's so cool. Whoa. Yeah, it was written specifically for Judy Garland. But nobody knows what movie it's from. It's so sad. <laughs> because well, I was just thinking like, yeah, it's funny how I feel like a lot of musicals have like one scene that happens around Christmas, but the whole musical isn't centered around Christmas. Like, my parents recorded, we're going to watch it, like, tonight or tomorrow night, um, but NBC recently did the, like, Annie Live musical. Um, oh, my God. And Is that the one where Harry Connick Jr. has, like, the weirdest-looking bald cap on? Oh, I don't know. I've seen none of the pictures from this movie or this <laughs> oh live God. musical. Oh, my God. Looks cursed. Um, but uh, great. Can't wait. Um, but, like, <laughs> they dropped Annie Live, like, around Christmas because... Um, Fun fact, uh, in the movie, the final scene is, like, 4th of July. In the original musical, the final scene is at Christmas. Um, I don't know why they changed that for the movie. Um, but in the original stage show, the musical ends at Christmas time. So it's, like, Annie is, like, not a Christmas musical, oh. but the final scene is at Christmas, so, like, they put it out around Christmas time. Um, and it's the same with, like, uh, she Loves Me is a really good musical that I think you'd really like. And it takes place over like an entire year, pretty much. Or it takes place over all four seasons. Like it starts in the summer um, and then it ends at Christmas time. And it's also not a Christmas musical, uh. but it has one song called 12 Days to Christmas. And it's like the final scene of the show. And so it's like, yeah, you could like watch this around Christmas if you want. <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe they changed the Annie one because they wanted Annie to be like this patriotic symbol. Probably. During the Depression era <laughs> for America. And they just thought, well, let's just end it with the 4th of July. I don't know. It's probably why. Probably. And I mean, I... Or maybe her red hair would just clash <laughs> with all the Christmas red. Well, yeah. And maybe they wanted it to like not be tied to Christmas. I don't know. But like, yeah, I like the jingle jangle like despite not being like as explicitly a christmas musical as like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer like i like that at the very least it like takes place entirely around christmas time and isn't one of the like billions of musicals that has like one scene at christmas and then everybody's like oh do we watch it at 
Christmas. I mean, there's, you know, that yeah. one song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like me, me in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a few facts. There aren't too many. There's no like what if casting decisions for this movie, oh. which is interesting, hmm. um, which I was disappointed about because I would have loved to know if there was anyone else in the roles for Geronicus or how they scouted out yeah. um, and how they found Madeline Mills, who just wanted to look her up for a second if she's done anything else and how old she is. Yeah, because <laughs> she's really good. Like, she's so, so good. Okay, she's born in 2008. Wow, she's younger than my dog. Um, that is so weird. <laughs> so she has been in two movies. Obviously this one and The Tiger Rising. Um, oh. Which she has completed for 2022 and Summer Ring, which she is filming. Um, Summer Ring is four best friends. Uh, starting middle school, realize their lives are about to change forever. Oh, it's always those coming-of-age movies. Like, we don't have enough Great. of those movies. <laughs> Woo. What's their life going to change like now? It's like, like ooh. Oh. But she has a great voice, so hopefully she'll do some more musicals. Yeah. No, she, she was really good. And I mean, like, Journey, I feel like because... Like, we get so much journey at the beginning of the movie. If the child actor weren't good, like, she could have been kind of yeah. annoying. But part of why I love journey so much as a character is because, like, the kid is so good. And I was like, look at this kid. I love her. She's great. Yeah. I think it worked because of her as well. Totally. Um, so that snowball fight scene that I was talking about was filmed in a historic area of Norwick called Elm Hill. Um, and some of the people that actually worked in those shops were used for extras and like, they didn't throw the snowballs, but they were around in the area, like in the Victorian clothes. Oh, cool. And I think that's really cool that they like included people like shopkeepers because they probably didn't make any businesses, you know, when they were there and like have any customers come. So I think it's cool that they included them in that awesome scene. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Apparently, um, Gustafsons, who is Keegan-Michael Key, um, the factory, which I think looks like the Wizard of Oz or the Oz, <laughs> whatever it's called, I don't know, the Great Oz's Tower, I don't know, um, <laughs> is located in the largest operating rotating beams, sorry, is, sorry, his factory is the site of the largest operating rotative beam steam engine in the world which oh, I don't cool. whoa. So that's crazy that they actually used an operating like a site for his factory. I thought it was all oh, fake that's like so CGI. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. Huh. This is a really cool fact which I wish they made more clear in the movie, but all the shops in Cobbleton are named after historical african-american inventors why was this not clear and oh, who that's are they so cool that's that awesome. is so cool now i want to go back and like find out the names of the people because i didn't catch that that's really cool yeah it makes sense why they filmed it there now and the cinematographer um his name is Rebby, remy remy um he was the first person of color to be nominated for an oscar in the director of photography category which is wow. crazy. 
Yeah, kind of sad, but I mean, you know, good for him. But uh, yeah. damn, a bit took a bit too long, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, hmm. twenty twenty, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh, did you know that when um, Geronicus opens the trunk um, with the missing piece for Buddy three thousand? Apparently, in the trunk, there's like a tiny sticker that says the Grand Wakanda Country. Um, which is obviously the home of Black Panther. Because Forrest Whitaker, um, I think he was in Black hey, Panther. that's cool. If I... I think so. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. I wonder uh, if he played... Apparently he was Zuri. I, I can't remember who that is. Dad. I bet he played Black Panther's dad. Oh, wow. That's all I... That's the last fact. <laughs> Should we move on to the final judgment? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to say is yeah. for as much as I hated Ricky Martin toy, um, again, I am... <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I, listen, I don't remember that toy's name. He's just annoying Ricky Martin toy. I don't yeah. remember if he had a name. He probably did. Um, but for as much as I hated him, I am glad that he existed... So that, like, the Keegan-Michael Key character wasn't just, like, evil from the start. So that it was, like, he was manipulated by, like, this toy. Because the most heartbreaking part of this movie, spoilers, is at the very end <laughs> when you find out that, um, like, the whole reason why Keegan-Michael Key was mad at, 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 at Geronicus in the first place is because he, like, thought that he was being ignored and Geronicus wasn't helping him at all, like, to be an inventor and was, like, ignoring his inventions. And when you find out at the end that if... that if he had just waited for Geronicus to come back and give him his Christmas gift, like, none of this would have happened. Oh, my God, exactly. it's heartbreaking. Oh, my and God, it's crushing. he wasted his whole life. He wasted Geronicus his whole just was like life. Depressed his entire life, wasted his relationship with his daughter, and he wasn't even resentful towards him. He's just like, well, here's the box I made you that says Merry Christmas, and I would have shown you over time Oh my, God, my inventions if you had just stayed. And, like, it was so silly <laughs> in the first, like, scene when he, when, um... Keegan-Michael Key's younger self takes the invention book and then Geronicus comes home and he's like, oh, oh, like, where is it? And it's like a blank space on the table where like you can see the imprint of the book. And then he runs out and he's like yelling so softly his name. And it's like, oh my God, like, how is that going to help calling him? He's not going to say yes. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> like he's not going to respond back. Just go look for him. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Couldn't you have, like, found him that <laughs> night and been like, hey, 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 do you want to, like, get paid and still be my assistant? Like, no, I'll just keep calling out for him. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's wild. It's so I wild. know, but that just broke my heart, too. Yeah, oh my god. It all was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, did Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey move you or not? It did, it did. It's like... It's it's definitely not like one of my favorite Christmas movies ever or like one of my favorite musicals ever, but I still really liked it. Um and I I enjoy watching it and yeah, it definitely like 
there are definitely scenes that do move me like yeah the absolutely soul crushing part at the end that we just talked about um but also like make it work like gets me so good no matter how many times i hear it and watch it um and i like it yeah i i can't say i don't know maybe it needs a rewatch if it totally moved me but i really enjoyed watching it there were parts especially with some of the songs where I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to skip through. But I really like the unique idea and finally a different story being told. And I like that it was a musical during Christmas time, even though none of the songs were Christmas related, which is okay. It's hard to come up with Christmas songs. There's so many of them. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I just loved how everything looked so beautiful. The yes. costumes, the sets, the like where it was filmed in England and uh, Norwich, I think. It just... Ugh, everyone looked so good. Yeah, and I, I was also gonna say I was very I was very happy that it was like an original musical movie because I much prefer watching like original musical movies like this and La La Land than watching like movie adaptations of stage musicals. Yes. Um so I also really liked that. I'm glad that it wasn't an adaptation. We love an original movie musical. <laughs> I know, and it's something new. It's not like some, you know, prequel or mm -hmm. some old story Ugh, come on let's come up with some new stuff same <laughs> as the prom too he's doing well keegan michael key and schmigadoon yeah creating new, everything he's in is like a new musical a new idea so good for him i i love i love that he's doing so many musicals because i love his voice and i think he's so good at musicals and yeah magic man g like He's so good. I love him so much. My only, and I know we talked about this when we talked about Schmigadoon, but my only complaint about Schmigadoon is that I cannot believe that they had Keegan-Michael Key play a main character who hates musicals. You had him in six episodes and only got to sing once. Are you kidding? And he barely sings. It's like him speaking. Yeah. That, Even like, though that song is out. beautiful. I love it. <laughs> but whatever. It's fine. That was his character arc. Yeah. Okay, I guess. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show, Christina. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank you all for listening. And if you have any holiday film recommendations, we're getting a bit close to the holidays now. But if you have <laughs> any, you can email me at emmareviewsmovies at gmail.com. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. Merry Christmas. Yay.